0: During this series, we will explore the other side of sales, the people behind Amgen and Nephrology Nation. We will examine what makes us tick, what makes us unique, where do our interests lie outside of work, and what our jobs mean to us. The intent is to learn more about one another and build upon the already strong sense of community and family that we call Neph Nation. During this first ever episode of the NEFF Radio Podcast, your host Casey Stolzing, a nephrology representative in the Sacramento market, will be having a conversation with the twenty-year veteran Amgen representative Kelly Carter. Kelly is a member of the Mid-South Nephrology District and resides in Birmingham, Alabama. They will explore together what it's like to add new members to your family, the power of creating a family mission statement, the carefree freedoms of childhood, tricks to feeling happy passion for the outdoors, and finally, as we close every Nef Radio segment, what does Amgen mean to you? The hope is that through this unscripted conversation that we all get to know Kelly just a little bit better and hopefully make us all feel just a little closer. We hope that you enjoy the dialogue.
1: Okay, you ready?
2: Oh, I thought you know, I thought we were gonna talk and kind of get to know each other first a little bit. That's what you said. No, and then is... now we're just jumping right into it. We...
1: What kind of date is this? We're jumping right into this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kelly, thank you for doing this.
2: My pleasure, Casey.
1: Uh this is gonna be this is gonna be a lot of fun. And uh you asked a question before we started this and you said, Hey, am I first to do this? And I said, um, I can't tell you that. Well, you are. You are actually going to be the first to do this. So uh, thanks. Wow. You always start with the oldest to go first. No, right? the best looking. The best. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you've been around long enough where everybody <laughs> probably knows you and recognizes your name, but I don't know how many people actually. Uh, there's a lot of new people. There's probably a lot of folks who don't know you as well. So this is going to be an awesome way for people to get to know you who don't. And uh, for people who already know you, maybe to hear some stuff that, that they didn't know. So, thanks again for being part of this podcast. Um, this is new for me, Kelly, and actually, I've never done this before either. So, here we go. <laughs> well, Casey, I tell you, if there's somebody to do this with
2: on the first go around, I'm glad it's you. Um, I'm well. I'm happy to do it with you here. Awesome.
1: So, listen, um, I've got a lot of stuff I wanted to ask you about, but I thought we'd start with something huge and significant that happened with your family the last three or four months. You've got a couple kids you had some exciting and important things that just happened. Tell us, Oh yeah. tell us about it. Tell us what, what just went on with your family.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, Hey, I appreciate you asking that. Um, so this year has been crazy enough as it is. So we have a daughter who, uh, is around 23. So she was, uh, she was expected to get married on Mother's Day weekend, May night. So we had to postpone that due to the, the virus situation, and so. But we did carry off that wedding back in mid August, late August, and it went well. Uh, everything was just as perfect as it could be, and we were very happy for that, and happy for them. And then, our son, and our new daughter-in-law as well they just got married this past weekend on November 7th so that turned out to be again just a, a two blessings so we were very very happy to have this and you know so from the Carter family it expanded so i gained a, an additional son and an additional daughter so very happy with that
1: that's awesome i uh, yeah congrats super happy for thank you, you. and uh, thank you i've had the experience of having um, my Baby Girl Get Married, and um, I know what that feels like. Tell me what that <laughs> would like for you to have your daughter go through this and w- walk us through that. Wow.
2: Um, I'm glad this is on video. I'm glad it's only audio. So uh, I guess as I've gotten a little older, it seems like I've gotten a little bit more sensitive and emotional with that. But I was okay up until the rehearsal day and that evening, and then it kind of started hit me. But, um, you know, when when you're, I was looking at her and I was thinking, wow, how fast the time has gone by. And it kind of hit me that evening at the rehearsal. And then uh, the day of the wedding, I thought I'd be okay. And I was okay for a while until uh, we did. Nowadays, they do this thing. It's called First Look, which I was not prepared for that. But I was given instructions for that, and I was okay until that first look occurred and then I guess the waterworks turned on then so <laughs> uh but it was a beautiful thing a beautiful day to see her and and how beautiful she had turned out and uh it was just it was wonderful but very emotional for me, but also very um very very happy and in a celebration celebration way for her too. And her, and her, my, my new son.
1: <laughs> That's so great. What um, did you have? I know you said the waterworks started. Uh, I can, I can put myself in your shoes. I remember what it felt yeah. like for me. What did you have flashbacks? Did you have thoughts when she was a little girl, when you guys had talked about this happening to her someday and what was going through your mind? Did to share a little bit more with us about that? sure um
2: i mean for this situation both of our children are adopted so uh from ukraine and a lot of the memories that went through my my mind for a while were just going back to when we were at the orphanage just meeting them for the first time and that journey where we didn't really know where the journey was leading but you know we were just going to follow god's way so we just kind of trusted that and just went with it but and i don't i don't mean that just like oh we're just going to go with it but i mean we just followed what we were being felt like we were being led to and but all the memories of going through the adoption process of when she was just a little girl running down the hall in the orphanage and some of those were the flashbacks as you mentioned but then, you know, once we got back to the US and seeing her go through school and uh, doing the cross country and then she became a very avid tennis player and, you know, and I guess for some reason I knew she would never be my little, I knew she would grow up at some point and leave but, you know, and, until that day really comes uh, and hits you then then it does but uh, but just going back through the memories of seeing her grow up and, and develop into a, a, a young woman who has a really good head on her shoulders that i would give a lot of credit there to, to her mom.
1: That's awesome. So how, how old were your kids when you and your wife and yeah. you from the Ukraine?
2: Um, so we adopted our son first. He was around 13 at the age Um, and she was right around 12 so we adopted her like a year later uh, because right around when they hit 17 uh, they're pretty much uh, pulled out of the orphanage at that point and either they uh, have a a method where they could either go to some type of a technology school or they just go to the streets and then find a way uh, to to live but so we got them. And and one of the reasons at that age, too, is because of our age, too. We never we never really knew we were going to do this. It just sort of kind of came <laughs> over and it just kind of developed. And uh, so at our age, it was like, well, we certainly can't <laughs> adopt a young baby. Uh, so it, this really fit right into the to the age bracket of probably where we needed to be anyway. But it was definitely interesting. And. Uh, beautiful journey the whole way still is look forward to many years hopefully and seeing some grandchildren come soon you know because I know you've got them and I've heard you talk about them and so I'm I'm already getting there but I can't say anything to them right now since they just got
1: married <laughs> within the past few weeks and months yeah they're going to look at you sideways if you start asking for <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I can uh, I can definitely vouch for the fact it's def it's something to look forward to. It's it's an awesome thing. Uh, yeah, that is cool. I had to, uh, I, when you when you're talking about adopting your kids, I I didn't think that they might be 13 or 14 years old when you did it. What have you been to the Ukraine with them since then? Have you?
2: Um, well, he went when we adopted him, and then we went back to get Amy. Uh, he did go back with us at that time, oh, gotcha. and that, so and we were there, and the process was pretty lengthy. We were over there, I think, for about a month, and then my wife, she ended up having to stay for another, probably another month, but I had to come back because, um, you know, I had to go to work, but um, they both went back over to visit some uh, extended family last year. And I think they're planning to go back now with their spouses next year in 2021. So um, I don't know if we'll go back with them on that or not, but uh, but they they do want to try to go back and visit.
1: Neat. That's that's just great. I love it. Uh, I want to ask you a question about, you've got a, um, a mission statement. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just listening to you talk about your kids in your family. And I'm thinking that, uh, your mission statement probably is interwoven with some of the stuff you just shared with us. Tell us, tell us what that is.
2: Yeah. Um, so growing up, uh, we were my, my mom and dad, uh, were people who always at least kind of, you know, they were always there for other people if they needed them. But my grandparents lived close by, too. So I had the the privilege of growing up with them around and uh, just watching them. You know, it's easy to talk it, I guess. But when you see them walk that life, too, uh, it makes it just kind of ingrains into you. Uh, but I, I did develop many years ago uh, a quote from Winston Churchill, and I guess when I say many years ago, I guess when I became at least to a point in my life to where I was like, okay, I've, I've got to set my principles in in the ground and, and who am I trying to define who I am and who I really want to be too. And Winston Churchill had a great quote that I, I love very much. And, and his quote is, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And, um, and I've been on both ends where I didn't have very much and always looked at someone who did have a lot, but I didn't look at it from a jealous or envy standpoint, but I did look at it as like, wow, if I want that, I'm going to have to work for it. I'm going to have to set a goal to get that. Um, and so it kind of, that was a motivator, but I think the other part too, is, or, you know, there's a lot of people who aren't able to do that and work and get something perhaps, but I've always felt blessed that if, if I ever was able to get something where I can help others who can not help themselves, then uh, I just want to be there to be able to at least give or help where I can. And so that's just been sort of, I guess I call it my mission statement, uh, but it's just something that I kind of really wanted to make, to be my principle of, of how I stand on the ground.
1: That's awesome. I love it. Um, when I first heard that, um, prior to us getting on, um, I couldn't wait to talk to you about it because I knew there, had to, <laughs> I, I knew there had to be a great story behind it. Uh, <laughs> but thank you for sharing. that. You're welcome. Now you, you and your wife have been married for 30 plus years. I hear
0: we
2: have um yes yeah, she told me that i was ready for marriage i guess when i was in my late 20s <laughs> yeah. so i li- i listened to her and um you know yeah we have we've been married i think we're going on 32 years uh in next year so um you know it's it's been great you know as anybody who's been married for any extended period of time you know it's there's many many peaks and valleys, right? So, yeah. but uh, definitely more peaks than valleys for us. And and she's not even here listening to me say this. So I can say that honestly to you.
1: If she walked in right now and I said, hey, <laughs> tell me about Kelly, what would she say?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, that's an interesting question you asked that. They did something to me at our last semester meeting, I guess for my 20 year reunion at Amgen. <laughs> And uh, I think a couple of the reps called her and wanted to get some information from her. And um, I think one of the things I won't, I, I don't know what all she told him, but I know one of the things that they said, you know, what does he like to do? And he says, well, I know that usually in the evening when he is at home, uh, once Andy Griffith show comes on, <laughs> if he knows it's on, he'll sit down and watch it. And, and, that's true. So,
1: <laughs> uh, I love that. speaking of, okay, you, you have no idea what a great segue that is because I was gonna, Uh-oh. I was gonna, I wanted to ask you about Sheffield, Alabama. <laughs> and it's got to be like uh, Mayberry. I gotta imagine. Tell, <laughs> tell me about your hometown growing up.
2: <laughs> uh, well, you've heard of Sheffield, England, right? Yes. Okay. Well, Sheffield. Alabama is named after Sheffield, England. Yeah. So um, or at least that was told that's the that's the uh story as it goes if you listen to the old the elderly people of that city years ago. Uh but it's just a small town tucked away up on the Tennessee River, uh in northwest corner of the state of Alabama. Beautiful area, beautiful mountains, and uh, like I said, the river just flowing down and so we grew up there it's it's connected to another area called muscle shows and then tuscumbia and tuscumbia is known for where it's the birthplace of helen keller Um so you can go to her house and see where she spoke her first words things like that very neat you know and um and then florence alabama where you cross over the bridge to go over The river to Florence, but the the three areas on Sheffield and Tuscumbia and Muscle Shows. One of the things, it is a small town and it is one of those towns where everyone knows almost everyone else. Um, So if you ever got in trouble, you know, pretty much everybody would know it by sunrise the next day. So um, you had to be either very careful or be very good. Uh, but you know, it's, it, it's a great, it was a great place to grow up in great quality of life, um, great people around it. And, um, you know, there's, there's great memories that come from, you know, from your, when you look back on your hometowns and I was very fortunate to be able to grow up there.
1: Uh, It sounds like a, a neat place. Tell me, tell me one of those memories that when you think back on your life as as a kid, maybe something that shaped who you are today, does it something stand out Wow,
2: well, I don't know if this really shaped me, but I know that when we were about the fifth or sixth grade um, we once we left school, we didn't go home me and my my buddies we would head right to the bluffs on the river uh you know when it was in the warm weather days and And we would swim in the river. I mean, we would jump off the bluffs and swim and, you know, like we didn't have a care in the world and loved it and uh, had a lot of great memories that those are probably some of the better, best memories I can think of because it was just free. It was just such a free life to be able to run from the elementary school and run about two miles and hit the river and we'd just run off the bluffs and there was always about seven or eight of us doing that. And we loved that.
1: So cool. I, uh, as you were talking, I'm thinking about my childhood. I lived probably about a quarter of a mile from the American river in Sacramento. Okay. I remember taking off as a kid with my friends, just disappearing down at the river, having fun with our dogs and parents had (laughs) no idea where we are, right? They just said, come back when it's dark, right? And yeah, yeah. what would you, so as you were talking, I'm thinking, okay, today's youth totally di- are growing up in a totally different way, you know, with technology. Yeah. Any, uh, any advice for, uh, young parents out there of kids that are trying to navigate how to do this considering how you grew up and kind of looking at what's going on in the world today. You have any advice? Well, that's a great question,
2: Casey. I, it's hard to say nowadays because a lot of the young parents today, kind of grew up with a lot of the technology that we have now. So they were almost kind of. I'll be careful on some of the words I use, but they were kind of brought up into that. So they were already kind of developed those types of habits. Um, but I, 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 it, it, I always was amazed that even with our kids, how quick they jumped into the technology and and what I kept seeing is that it was just pulling them away from enjoying the outdoors and and I'm a huge outdoors person anyway but I don't know what the advice would be except just to shut them off I mean we did have rules at home where you know you couldn't bring them to the dinner table and we did try to have dinner together uh most nights uh especially if we were at home, we made sure that we did, but it's, it's a hard, it's a hard question now because it just comes from so many angles at everybody with technology. And, and I've tried to, I've caught myself to where I've let it kind of sometimes pull me away from other things I like to do. And it's for no reason, you know, it's just like, just put them down, turn them off. I, and, and I guess out of sight, out of mind might be the best advice, <laughs> yeah. at least for me.
1: Good advice. That's good advice. Um, so Kelly, every time I've seen you at meetings <laughs> or we've been in a little uh, breakout group or something like that, you are, you have an infectious smile, an infectious laugh. You always seem to be happy. Uh <laughs> And I think we're learning some of the background as to why. <laughs> what's what's your secret?
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's a secret. I think it's just how you look at life. I mean, I think you and I both could probably think of people who, you know, wake up every day and, 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 and take life that day as, I don't know. I, I like to have fun. And I like to... I like to enjoy my time. And, um, I mean, there's times to be serious and there's times to get to work where you roll your sleeves up. But, you know, I think if you can have fun doing that as well, then you should do it. And, and, and I, and I saw my, my, my mom, she was always, she had a smile on her face. I, I can't ever recall, except if I got into trouble and she was trying to discipline me, but, you know, as far as my memories go she was always laughing and enjoying herself and 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 making a joke about this or that um and and my grandparents as well so i maybe it maybe it just came through that through just natural upbringing but um but i i i you know i i think maybe i don't try to take everything too serious uh life's too short and I want to enjoy every moment because you know, we're not, we're not granted that next moment sometimes for a lot of times. And I don't ever want to miss that.
1: Well said. Thank you. Hey, I, um, I want to play a game.
2: (laughs) I like games, Casey.
1: Okay. Speaking of having fun, speaking of humor, are you ready? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. This is called, what would you choose? All right. I'm going to ask you two questions. And I want, you to, uh, I want you to pick one or the other. Okay. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. All right. You can either live in a tiny apartment in the center of town or live in a little cabin in a secluded forest. Oh, I'll
2: take the tiny cabin in a secluded forest why um i i just love the outdoors first of all and i love the peace and quiet but um I, I i just love nature and and i don't get me wrong i love the cities too but just for a short period of time Um, i i have a tendency to kind of feel claustrophobic when i stay in a city too long and i just love getting back to to the outdoors and the openness and uh yeah i'll take that any day
1: nice good answer <laughs> now, now you sent me a picture before we did this it, you, oh. shared, you shared a couple of things with me you sent me a picture of your son and new daughter-in-law and yep it, it was on this beautiful country road yeah and tree-lined and i couldn't see any homes <clears throat> and was that in front of your house
2: uh unfortunately no i wish it would have been okay but it was in a it was in a little mountain area in uh alabama okay and it was at a very little small chapel
1: Ah.
2: uh tucked away in the woods and uh believe it or not uh very close to a little covered bridge that you had to go through to get there
1: (laughs) right out right out of a novel
2: yes very much charles dickens
1: nice (laughs) Uh, I had to ask about that because as you were answering that question about living in a little cabin in the woods, I'm like, I think that might've been in front yard. Maybe that picture I saw.
2: (laughs) No, I wish.
1: (laughs) Okay. Listen, I think we share a hobby together. Um, I wanted to ask you about your, uh, uh, your love for sailing where in the heck. Oh yeah.
2: Oh, wow. Um, So about gosh, 25 years ago plus maybe um my where my wife worked um there was another person she worked with and her husband was really into sailing so um went out with him a few times and i just fell in love with it and um so we went up and chartered a sailboat one time up uh at Annapolis and sailed the Chesapeake up from Annapolis into uh, Inner Harbor and in Baltimore uh, for about we we stayed out there for about four days and uh, and I just fell in love with it and I just wanted to learn more and more about it and of course where we live it's not like really easy access to go sailing um, and it's nothing like the areas of where we were the Chesapeake but we did have we do have some places where we have some lakes that um, definitely have the size for it. So we would get out and do a few of those as well and then go down to the Gulf coast, um, getting down there. But I really love sailing like in the Bay areas and, and things like that. Um, but I, I do have, and I remember Helen talking about her husband a few years ago. You may, I may recall this and I think he had gone on a sail around the world trip, I believe, or something do you remember that?
1: I'm trying to remember. Uh,
2: yeah, she was telling us about it. Okay. I I don't know if it was completely around the world, but I know that he had done that. And when I heard her talking about it and he would be able to call her every now and then, once they got to areas, uh, I was just sitting there just in awe, like, Oh my gosh, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to (laughs) do. So, uh, I don't know. I just love it. It's, it's, it's again, it's kind of like nature. It's the freedom being out there. And when you hear the wind whipping into the sails and you know, you make the turns and the water coming in, I just, I love it. I'm sure you do too. If you like it, right.
1: Uh, I love it. Yeah. My, yeah. My dad had a sailboat when I was a kid and I grew up sailing in San Francisco Bay
2: and. Oh, wow. I can't imagine.
1: And that was what we did every month. We'd go out there and, uh and i've got a little lake boat that we have now that we use sometimes and it's just a blast our kids grew up doing that and it's awesome they say sailing is uh hours of sheer boredom interlaced with moments of stark terror and panic when the wind kicks up right so i believe it (laughs) yes
2: yes yes i believe it
1: (laughs) but it's a lot of fun it is a blast most of the time it's a blast that's cool all right i loved it when i i saw that we had that in common Hey, so Kelly, you've been um you've been with Amgen a long time. You hit an anniversary recently that most of us are looking forward to. And uh so you're past <laughs> you're past the twenty year mark, which is pretty awesome. What's um what's Amgen meant to you?
2: Wow. <clears throat> well before I came to Amgen I was with Blue Cross Blue Shield, kinda on the other side, so I didn't really come through your your normal process, I guess, coming into the the biotech world or the pharmaceutical world. Because I, I was on the other side of the fence, on the payer side. But when I came to Amgen, we had the, in nephrology, we had the one drug. I, they were building up the sales force at that time. And so I had the good fortune of being able to interview and, and come on to Amgen. and And I was so excited because I loved the challenge, first of all to get into the clinical side. And, and back then um, what we did at the dialysis clinics with the nurses around anemia management, I tell you, I'd I'd come home at the end of the day and it was just such a, a a satisfaction that I can't really explain that I've never had with any other job I've done before. And uh, because when I first started seeing these people in the dialysis clinics, it just kind of broke my heart, because it's tough. And, and then the staff itself that take care of these patients on a day to day basis, is tough on them too. So it almost became when they would see me, you know, see us come through the doors, like, you're part of that family. And there's not many occupations, I don't, I don't think that you really get that um, in a sales position, you know, you can get that definitely from sports and things of that nature, but in sales, it's, there's not that many. And, uh, it was just so many things that just came in and being a part of it on the team. And I think that's what I'd love more
1: than anything. Well said. I agree. It's a great team to be on. You've met a lot of people. You've worked with a lot of people. You could probably talk on this for hours, but is does somebody stand out in your engine career uh, to you that's uh, helped you along the way and um, any, mm, wow any memory in that way
2: well i, th- I think the first time when i came when our first meeting we had in amgen all the new hires were invited to come to a little reception and and one of the first people i met was our our ceo at the time uh mr gordon binder and it was awesome i'm thinking wow here we are in a multi-billion dollar company and we're at our, 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 meeting here and, and, and I, we talked and shook hands and we were just sitting there talking as if, you know, as if I was sitting there at a family reunion, talking to one of my uncles or something. It was just, it was amazing. That That's probably one memory that will stay with me forever when I, from an amgen perspective. Yeah. There's been a lot of people, Casey, to say that, that helped me along that kind of helped me see things the way they need to be seen, and understand things, um, and learn the business. And I had a couple of really great mentors too that kind of tucked me up under their arm, if you will. And uh, they're retired now, but um, continually going through some of the programs that I'm still involved with. Uh, it's just still, still learning. And I think that's one of the great things about Amgen—you y- never stop learning. And, and if you stop learning, then it's, it's probably because you've stopped and because there's so much to continue to learn and the challenges that come every single day. And so every day is, is a little different, you know. So, uh, but there's been so many people that, in friendships, uh, but, but a lot of people have, where I could lean on and, and say, hey, what do you think about this, you know, Am I thinking of this the right way or what? And, and get full, honest answers. It's been great.
1: That's awesome, Kelly. Uh, thank, that's great advice for not just new reps, but for any rep. And, uh, well, f- listen, from the banks of the Tennessee River <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to now uh, being parents of two married kids, um, an awesome career at Amgen. Uh, you're a great friend, a, a great example. And again, I'm going to go back to what you shared earlier, which is that mission statement that, that, uh, that you try to live by, um, built around making a difference, um, and making a life by what you give. And so, um, thanks for giving your time to Nef Nation. Uh, it's been awesome to get to know you a little bit better and um, we really appreciate it. We're grateful for all you do.
2: Well, thank you, Casey. Thank you for those words. And thank you for allowing me. I, I appreciate the, the opportunity to be able to come on and, 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 and have this talk. I mean, I think it's great. And I think a lot of things, what we talked about earlier too, even coming, you know, we're always in, we're always, growing into change and um i had a, a mentor many many years ago that you know change will always come and it, the first decision is are you going to jump on and go with the change or are you gonna not and if you're not then you need to back out but um no i appreciate this and uh, i look forward to uh, hearing other representatives and other colleagues coming on and and hearing what they say as well but uh, I do want to thank you personally uh, for reaching out and, and, and conducting this as well because um, getting to know you over the past few years uh, from afar and then it being at some of the meetings and some of our breakout sessions, uh, it's been great kind of getting to know who Casey is and I uh, have a great respect for you too. So thank you very much.
1: Hey, thanks, Kelly. And that's Neff Radio.
0: This concludes our first ever NEF Radio podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the segment and look forward to your feedback. Casey will be interviewing more of your colleagues soon, so be on the lookout for more NEF Radio coming your way. If you know someone who would like to share their story, please reach out to Casey. During this series, we will explore the other side of sales, the people behind Amgen and Nephrology Nation. We will examine what makes us tick, what makes us unique, where do our interests lie outside of work, and what our jobs mean to us. The intent is to learn more about one another and build upon the already strong sense of community and family that we call NEF Nation. During this series, we will explore the other side of sales, the people behind Amgen, Nephrology Nation. We will examine what makes us tick, what makes us unique, where do our interests lie outside of work, and what our jobs mean to us. The intent is to learn more about one another and build upon the already strong sense of community and family that we call Neph Nation. During this series, we will explore the other side of sales, the people behind Amgen and Nephrology Nation. We will examine what makes us tick, what makes us unique, where do our interests lie outside of work, and what our jobs mean to us. The intent is to learn more about one another and build upon the already strong sense of community and family that we call Neph Nation. During this series, we will explore the other side of sales, the people behind Amgen and Nephrology Nation. We will examine what makes us tick, what makes us unique, where do our interests lie outside of work, and what our jobs mean to us. The intent is to learn more about one another and build upon the already strong sense of community and family that we call Neph Nation. During this series, we will explore the other side of sales, the people behind Amgen and Nephrology Nation. We will examine what makes us tick, what makes us unique, where do our interests lie outside of work, and what our jobs mean to us. The intent is to learn more about one another and build upon the already strong sense of community and family that we call Nef Nation.